Hey guys, welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast from Vitality where we talk with people from all walks of life about their journeys towards becoming legend. This week we have a truly legendary show. Uh, mixed martial artist Johnny Hollywood Case joins us. He's a professional fighter with a record of 22 and 6, 12 of those wins by knockout, another 6 by submission. And he became a top ranked UFC lightweight before his 30th birthday. He took some time out of his life while he's training in Las Vegas to come on. So without further ado, let's get to this week's episode of Becoming Legendary with Johnny Hollywood Case. There are no gold medals for down dog. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legendary. Can become Legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. What's uh, what's going on in Vegas? Uh, here training, getting some good training in. Um, I don't have a fight till end of July, so I just okay. figured I'd get out of the monotony of my own training. No doubt. Come mix it up with some new guys. Cool. All right. So from from everything I know about you, you in high school as a senior decided that this is what you were going to do pretty well what what gave you the confidence to make that happen well uh i actually i remember going to my very first cage fight my uncle actually was fighting and i just remember being terrified you know like who in their right mind would lock themselves in a cage yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it kind of had an allure you know i read i had wrestled my whole life and um, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get in there and fight, but I, I would like to learn some of these, you know, some of these techniques that they're using. So I started training, and with training comes, you know, then once you start doing good in the training room, your confidence starts to build, and then you're like, oh well, I wonder how how well I could do in a real fight, and I wonder how well I could apply these things. And uh, and you know, took my first fight about seven months later, six seven months later, and. Okay. Never looked back. <laughs> was there was there ever anything else that you thought about doing? I was, you know what, my first my first passion was motocross. I was yeah, okay. All every second of the day, all I wanted to do was ride my dirt bike. Okay, <laughs> yeah. is that so still that, is that still true today? Yeah, I still like riding. Okay, I'm still I'm not nearly as. Uh, as wild of a rider that used to be, I used to just twist the throttle as fast as it could go and try to hang on. But now I'm a little more sensible, <laughs> a little more, a little more to lose. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, okay, so the the training gave you the confidence. So, so really, you built your own confidence, right? Which we all do. We have to have that foundation to start from. Um, was it was it the successes that you had, or was it really overcoming the challenges that you recognized in yourself? I think honestly, it was it was you know it was overcoming the challenges. Yeah. Because the confidence, I knew that there was you know I was still getting beat up in the room. You know there were still guys better than me. I knew I still had a long way to go, but um, I knew I had come a long way from where I was, and uh, and that I think was what gave me the confidence. Yeah. That that I really feel like when you when you know you're going to run into adversity which we all are right if we do, if we only derive our confidence from from the successful portion of life it makes it really tough when you run into obstacles yeah so true and and with your sport 
right? It's all about obstacles. So this, this, <laughs> every, every, every moment is a new obstacle, really. Yeah, essentially, you know, every day you wake up for training, your body's sore, you're tired, you're telling yourself, oh, I just, just stay in bed today. Just take, take the morning off. It's like, you know, your, your opponent, he's up training, you know, he's up working harder than you. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's all these little battles throughout the day, you know, that really, that, you know, really makes you got to overcome and, yeah. and those little battles, they, those are what add up. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this because I, I heard this from, let me ask you this and then I'll, I'll get into it. What, what? In, in your cycle of training, is the day of the fight the, the, the peak, the climax, or is it the worst day? That's like Christmas morning. Yeah. Fight, <laughs> fight day is like Christmas morning, man. It's like I've already won. I've already put in the work. Now it's just time to go have fun and yeah. do what I do. I'll check in the office and, and, and be a rock star for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I heard George St. Pierre say the other day that for him it was opposite. And I thought that was really interesting. It's like for him, he loves the training and then hates fight day. <laughs> and I felt like, well, that's a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting mindset to have. But Christmas seems like it makes more sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, you see, there's, there's fighters are fueled by two things, you know, either love or, or fear, you know, yeah. like they love, like I've always loved fight, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I've been super into like, you know, John claude Damme, John claude Van Damme fighting movies, you know, Stallone, like Rocky movies. I, I've, I've just always loved the characters, you know, of a fighter, of a fighter's lifestyle, you know? So for me, it's like, I, I, I think of glory. You know what I mean? And yeah. then some people, with George, George was picked on, I, I believe, you know, that's yeah. why he, he, so he looked at it more like a negative thing, like violence is a negative thing. Yeah. And um, it's, for me, it's always just been, you know, getting your friends together and just putting some <laughs> gloves on and <laughs> the last man standing, you know, always, a, always a good fun. Okay. So, but you say that, and I think, I think the majority of, the majority of casual people will think that the, that MMA is, is a, pretty pure physical expression but what percentage what percentage do you think is mental like what what percentage of what you do really really is the, about the chess match component man hot like i would say 80 90 yeah. percent it's it's all really in your head you yeah know? um you know i like to say my opponent it's like it's literally like you're playing a video game you know the opponent's the computer whatever the opponent does is out of your control the only thing you can control mm. is what you do and how you react to it so really, it's all you, you know, it always is only you. And, you and what a metaphor for life, right? Like, life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's exactly, it's exactly how life is. We can only control what we do and everything else just happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far um, out, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going deep. <laughs> so, so you're really known for your ability to grind, right? Like, I, I feel like that's, that's one of the things that, that I always hear when people talk about you is, is your, your ability to grind and get after it. And this, this constant work ethic that you have, is that, is that a small town thing? Is that just part of the Jefferson, Iowa DNA or is that unique to you? You know, I don't know because I, I, I've worked many jobs that I've hated yeah. and I, and it was a misery and I, you know, always either come quit the job or, you know, whatever, come up short. But for fighting, it's just always come so easy because I'm so passionate about it. You know, I, I love what I do. I love, 
I love the the one-on-one competition. So part of it maybe is from being my, you know, my background where I grew up. Yeah. But a lot of it, I think, is just I love it. You yeah. know, it's easy. It's, it comes easy because I love doing it. Okay. The do you love do you love the conditioning component? Do you love the the weight component? It, are are does that all fit into the love umbrella? No, 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 no. no. There's things, uh, you know, making that weight cut. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely the worst part. That's definitely the fight. Like everybody, the, all the negative part is about the weight cut. You know, any negative emotions towards fighting, it all definitely comes down to that weight cut. And just time, you know, time you miss out. You know, it takes a lot of time. You know, yeah. your time is selfish. You know, you have to train a lot and you have to make sure you're eating right and sleeping right. And, and you really kind of, you miss out on a lot, you know? Um, so definitely the, there's some negative parts about it, yeah. but, uh, you know, the, the positive far outweigh the negative. What's, what's your typical weight cut? Uh, how much weight do I cut typically? Yeah. Um, so I'm about 185 right now. I fight at 155. Okay. Um, when I start, I start a diet. So I like, I, I like to drop around 10 pounds. So I'm, I'm coming into fight week about 175. And then from there, I start tapering it down. So where I'm losing about 15 pounds the day of weigh-ins for water, it's just water weight. Okay. You just sweat it all out. Okay. <laughs> Which sounds intense. It sounds intense, but I, there's a technique called water loading where you just drink like two gallons, two and a half gallons of water, so your body's saturated in water. Yeah. And so it's just once you start sweating, you can drop six, seven pounds within the first 30 minutes. So. <laughs> really? It's a te- yeah. It's a technique that you know. <laughs> I've learned over the years. It sounds extreme, but it's really not. That does that does sound extreme. Is it distilled water then? Yeah, you actually you actually do one gallon of regular and one gallon of distilled water. So okay. your body pushes out the distilled. So okay. There's like no no nourishment in distilled yeah. water, or whatever, right? Yeah. So just body's just like get out. <laughs> that is super interesting. What uh, what's your what's your day to day diet like? What's the standard diet when you're when you're not in weight cut mode? I'm always eating clean. I mean, my you know. You eat to fuel yourself, and you eat to recover. Um, but also, you know, if I see if I see a chocolate chip cookie and I'm feeling, <laughs> like I want to eat a chocolate chip cookie. I'm gonna eat a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. So, as far as like, uh, you know, I'm 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 always eating clean. I'm always taking care of my body, you know, and uh, making sure I got the fuel to work out hard like I do, and then you know, make sure I'm, I got everything I need to recover. But yeah. um, it's a little more lax as far as like, you know, I don't necessarily count my calories. I don't necessarily yeah. work portion control i i just make sure i eat clean and okay know, stay healthy cool um it is the is the chocolate chip cookie is that is that the temptation <laughs> the chocolate chip cookies brownies ice cream <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's my advice <laughs> i saw you i saw you were drinking some type of blue smoothie what's that blue smoothie were you oh, not I, I don't know were you not I just drinking something right right before we got on Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just a, a berry smoothie. Okay. Then my girlfriend mixed up is uh, a little yogurt, a little, uh, a little kefir, kefir milk, and yeah. some berries and bananas, right. and yeah, it's good Re- stuff. Ready to All roll. You need. <laughs> um, Jefferson, Iowa, population roughly five thousand. Yeah. Yeah, and growing and growing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's got a long ways to. I mean, I, I get it. I grew up in a town of ten thousand, so I, I've I'm. A little bigger, but I, I know what it's like. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. From that, from that experience of growing up in a really, I have to imagine, very tight knit community, 
to stepping into the UFC octagon for the first time? What, what were the emotions around that experience? Man, I just remember my, my making my UFC debut. It was in Tokyo, Japan, you know, and I dreamed about this day coming true yeah. for years and years and years. And I just remember thinking as I was walking to the octagon, no matter what happened, win or lose, I had already won. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it had been a goal. I'd, I'd made it a goal for the last 10 years of my life. Yeah. I dedicated the last 10 years of my life. I was going to fight. And I was going to – my goal was not just to fight in the UFC but to win a fight in the UFC. Okay. And, you know, usually get two or three shots, you know. So I just remember walking to the octagon thinking, man, I've already won. Yeah. You know, I know I said I was going to win a fight. But <laughs> being here and accomplishing what I've accomplished, you know, it's, it's something that – a lot of a lot of people set out for and not a lot of people accomplish so. without a doubt so so that perspective is really freeing too right like when you're when you're walking into something knowing that you've already won you're you're yeah. going to get you're going to give your best effort everyone's going to see you at your best because you're really free to be you exactly yeah i and and that's something i've always i've always felt like i've been good at you know what i mean like i've mm. i've always said if if i go out there and i win that's because that's what's supposed to happen. And if I go out there and I lose, well, that's because that's what's supposed to happen, you know, because <laughs> it isn't going to be because of my lack of effort or yeah. my lack of, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give it everything I got every fight. Yeah. Sometimes you win, sometimes you come up short and that's life. That's totally life. It's no doubt about it. I, I, I feel like the, in, in athletic performance, it, you, the, the mental, the self mental component becomes such an interesting challenge, right? And the majority of athletes have to spend so much time just overcoming their, their own thoughts about their current performance. And if we could just, if we could create enough separation between our own kind of spinning in the head and just allow our physical tools to take over and express themselves, it's a really different, you know, when you get into that zone where you're just you. Life becomes really different as a, as a physical, as a physical athlete. Yeah. What, what percent, do you think all of, do you think all, all the time when you're, when you're on a, in a, in a, in a competitive experience, are you always in that, in that zone where you're just free you? I feel like I'm a very good competitor. I feel like every time, you know, I've had, you know, what am I, 23 and six, I've had yeah. almost 30 professional fights yeah. and thir 13 amateur fights before that. So I, I'm to the level now, I, I'm a really good competitor. But when it comes, I'm, I'm stepping in the cage. I'm usually, I'm usually on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so for me personally, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a handful when I get in the cage. You're never going <laughs> to me on an off night. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're always going to have a fight. Other guys though, I've seen personally guys that are just amazing in the gym, just beat world champions yeah. in the gym and they get in their fight night and they just are a shell of themselves. You know, they're just, they're scared or they're thinking their, their minds off otherwise. Like, and I, I just, it baffles me to think how many guys, even at the highest level for sure, you know, who just don't know how to get in that mindset or don't know how to just be free and be themselves. What, what do you, th what do you think that is? Where, where do you think that disconnect is just bright with lights the, with them? Yeah. I think it comes from fear. Yeah. Okay. Fear of like coming up short, fear of, you know, what people might think if they lose, yeah. fear of, you know, all the hard work they put in going to waste, you know? Yeah. I think it just comes down to fear. Yeah. So, and, and you've already, you've kind of already expressed this. Your, your feeling is whatever was supposed to happen is going to happen. Um, 
do you ever you've been on you've been on lots of winning ends which greatest feeling ever and then you've Mm. been on a few losing ends not a great feeling safe to say Mm. (laughs) right right when when you're experiencing when you're experiencing those two really opposite extremes obviously everybody wants that the the ecstasy of the win the fear of the loss is such a powerful deterrent though that it it prevents people from from participating at their fullest the the freedom you've created in your ability to just walk in is that something that you think you could build in someone else the freedom you've created where you you don't have that fear of losing like, could, right. could you work with somebody or could someone work with one of those guys who looks amazing in the gym, looks amazing in practice, and then struggles when the lights are on? You know, I think, uh, me personally, I'm not sure I have the tools to do that, but I, I think there's people out there that can. Kay. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. I, think, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Robbins at all. For sure. Yeah. He's, he's a big, I, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Okay. He, he does something called uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, yeah. Where he takes people's biggest fears, whether it's irrational fear or, you know, rational fear. And he ties such a strong negative emotion to that, um, that it actually, it actually, it hurts people to even think about that fear anymore. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it tears them away. So I think honestly, there, there, there's, there's professionals out there who I think could probably help people, you know, there's sports psychologists yeah. and stuff who, who I think can help. And I think people can learn because I wasn't always like that. Okay. You know I mean, I, okay. I, I was I was a competitor in high school. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, I was scared all the time, you know, stepping on the mat with these guys. You know, I, I'd see a ranking next to their name growing up in Iowa, and I was like, oh, there's no way I'm winning this match. You know what I mean? And in reality, I could have wrestled with those guys. Yeah. You know, I just, I held myself back. Yeah. I think, like, you know, just work, you know, living through the tough years, you know, struggling, trying to make it, you know, barely, barely able to pay the rent and just to chase a dream that maybe one day I'll be fighting in the UFC. I think years and years of just grinding through that kind of lifestyle, you know, I think that's kind of where I developed my, my bet. Everything's going to work yeah. out kind of mindset, you know? There's also some freedom in, uh, in those struggles too, right? Like when you know, Hey, as a human being, I'm capable of struggling and barely getting by. I'm capable of doing this. <laughs> Then there's then you remove that fear of what happens if I'm struggling and can barely get by. You already know you can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I've already been at the, you know, in my in my mind, I've been as low as I could possibly get. Yeah. You know, time and time again. And I've still pushed forward, persevered, and yeah. Hey, that's it, man. That's no, all you gotta do. No doubt. When when you got the call, the first call from the UFC, who who made that call to you? It was my manager, okay. uh, Ryan Hass. Yeah. yeah, he he called me, and it was uh, it was two weeks before my birthday. Actually, uh, my birthday was June twenty eighth, and um, he said, "Yeah, you're making your debut in two weeks. You're you're stepping in. Somebody got hurt, and then and then so there's a big there's like the, a big medical screening process. You have to pass all these exams. You have to do like an EKG, an MRI, an eye exam, you know, blood work, all all the the whole nine. So immediately I go right into the, t- the testing. They d- discover I had a detached retina from like three months before. I had a fight, and again I was struggling. I was poor. I had no health insurance, and so I didn't. I couldn't go to the doctor. I couldn't afford it. Well, then these guys are saying, "Yeah, you got a hole in your eyeball. You can't fight." So I go from being on top of the world, thinking I'm going to make my UFC debut. Yeah. To go from thinking I may never fight again. Yeah. You know I'm and. 
and luckily, you know, the UFC at the time she was showing me so much love. You know what I mean? They uh, not only did they they gave me a contract, but they actually they paid for the surgery. Wow. They paid for my surgery too. So, and then next thing I know, six months later, I'm making my debut in Tokyo, Japan. So, <laughs> at first, it was it was such a roller coaster of emotion. I yeah. Was at the top of the mountain. Then I was at the bottom, and then here we are again, <laughs> making my dream come true in Tokyo, Japan. So that is that is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Crazy. Yeah, I cannot imagine. Uh, I cannot imagine what that the feeling of I have a detached retina. Is it not that? That's a crazy. I mean, just that experience that as a normal human, right? That's that's a really difficult thing to to go through. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely, I remember thinking like the worst thing to go to, it was like going to the doctor's office was bad. Going to the dentist was bad. Going to the eye doctor was never that bad. Now, going to the eye doctor is the worst thing I think I think I ever could do. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, what, um, what's going on with the MCC right now? So MCC... Uh, in the state of Iowa, that, that's a that's a real long story, man. Uh, it's there's just a lot of uh, there's just a lot of uh, disconnect and and rivalry, okay. and just a bunch of stuff I inherited that I had no idea was going on from the state of Iowa with mixed martial arts, and it really just kind of soured me away, you know. Okay. Really made me kind of see the real colors, and and, and it, it's very sad, you know, yeah. growing up in Iowa. And, you know, and, and really just wanting to give back to Iowa MMA and, and helping fighters and just realize that it, it, it's really just, um, you know, it's really just a, just a negative situation all around. Okay. You know, from the, all the way from the, the state commission, all the way to the promoters, even, you know, a lot of the fighters. And it was just, uh, <laughs> it was something that I had to step away from. And, um, yeah, and I'm glad I stand by my decision. And okay. It's really unfortunate to just, just isn't isn't something wasn't meant to be wasn't meant to be man. yeah so some things are like that yeah yes they are so so bouncing bouncing around a little bit but i want to get kind of into some of the tools you utilize and one of those tools i know is floating how'd you get into floating yes. yeah so i i remember uh hearing joe rogan i don't know if you know joe rogan is. yeah He's for sure commentator for the ufc he always talked about uh, deprivation tanks and floating tanks, and um, how, how it, he uses it to de-stress, you know, to really uh, sort out a lot of problems. Very therapeutic. And uh, I decided, hey, I'm gonna give it a try, you know. Um, and I think the first time I floated, I think it was like two hours. I want to say I did, but it seemed like 15 minutes. Yeah. Like it was so quick. <laughs> I just, ha- I just remember whirlwind, just sorting all, all the, you know, just. Things I thought were issues, not necessarily issues, just things I had in my life. You know, I was three weeks out from a fight in the UFC, um, and I just remember leaving there and just feeling so relaxed and so peaceful, and just just remember thinking like, "Wow, like the problems that I was thinking about before I got here weren't even problems." You know, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just sorted everything out, and I was just so peaceful, and uh, and yeah, I've been doing it ever since, man. A two-hour float's a, a long first float, so I I love it. The do you do you have a meditative practice? How do how do you think you settled into that experience so much? Is it just quiet, just worked for you? 
Quiet just worked, man. Absolutely. It was, that was it. It was a Sunday. It was my day off uh, from training. So, you know, normally I would have been just taking it easy anyway. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just went in there and just, and just, uh, had some things that I knew I was going to, I was going to try to work on, try to think out while I was in there. And yeah, next thing I know, I hear these, you know, you know I hear, Oh, that's two hours. You know, the, the <laughs> nice, the nice chiming music came on and yeah. I was like, Oh wow, that's two hours already. <laughs> so yeah, it was, cool. it was pretty simple. Just get in, lay down. Life is good. That's it. Yeah. Work on myself. Is, are there any other are there any other tools that you utilize on a regular basis? Um, I really like to I like to read a lot to put yeah. myself you know in other people's perspectives and uh, just meditating you know what I mean just yeah. sitting and quiet and clearing my mind you know yeah just uh, that's it and breathing techniques okay you know deep breaths slow my heart rate down and yeah yeah uh, there's a lot of little tricks I've picked up throughout the day but, you know throughout the, my years of training but. For the most part, man, I just, I just, you know, just be me. That's it. <laughs> the, are there any specific breath techniques that you utilize? Um, yeah, I like, to, I like closing my eyes, filling my lungs, you know, just slow, deep breaths. Yeah. Slow mm. exhales. Get like three or three to five of those, you know, just Slowing nice. And if, if that's usually when I, when I feel so overwhelmed or like I feel like anger coming on yeah. or like I feel, you know, I feel emotional, emotions rushing over that I don't want to just, you know, I don't want them to take control of me. Yeah. You know? Just slow it down, take some deep breaths, and then I can start thinking logically again. That's a that's a really, you know, I think 99% of the population wishes they had that ability, right, to, to find that space and pause. Because a breath can, three breaths can really change your entire perspective. It's, it's an amazing thing, but... To, to be in the moment, in a heated moment, and be able to pause and take those three breaths, that's the trick. How, how'd you get to that? How'd you get to that level? Man, just practice, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, just going, you know, going through the things I've been through in my life, you know. Uh, like I said, I haven't always been this way. You know, I used to be a very emotional person, I used to react on my emotions. And I think just years and years of uh, acting out on that and, and, you know, and realizing it's, not the best way to go about it. And I just was able to train myself and, you know, I'm still not perfect. I still get emotional and I still, you know, yeah, can, you know, but it's just, uh, it's just knowing it's half the battle, you know, maybe, maybe more than half the battle. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what are the, what are the ways that you started to train that skill? Like, was there anything in, was there anything specifically that you did to train that skill? Yeah, so basically, I'll bring it back to Tony Robbins. I was going to say. I, I, I read his book. It's called Awaken the Giant. Okay, yep. And um, he's got a lot of really good techniques in there that he that um, I was able to implement and use uh, use for myself. So, yeah, so like he said, you know, that was one of his techniques. You start getting emotional. You start feeling anger or, or fear or, you know, nervousness are creeping up. Stop, disconnect, take a deep breath. Clear your mind and just be be a zen for a second. Yeah, and then you can step outside and think logically. Okay, this is happening. So what? How do I react to it? Yeah, as how, opposed to just feeling emotional and let that emotion push you in the right or the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a philosophy out there that what separates humans from the the rest of the animal kingdom 
is our ability not to act on our emotions, right? So the rest of the animal kingdom is, is in theory, just impulsively acting on, on the things that are happening around them. And in order for us to fully express ourselves as a true human form, we, we need to be able to pause and not react to everything, not be, not be prompted to act by the things around us. Sure. So I, I, I love that. How did, you, how did you initially get into Tony Robbins? Um, it was actually one of my really good friends and, uh, he was a coach at the time. His name is Joe Brammer. He's from, uh, he's from Iowa where I grew up and, uh, yeah, he was just a really good mentor to me and, um, you know, not just about martial arts and, and MMA, but also in life. He taught me a lot of things and he's the one who, uh, who got, who got me turned on to him, you know, gave me my first book. Uh, and yeah, he's just been, been my guider ever since. Cool. Is there is there anything else is there anything else that you've read that's been really impactful? Are there any other books that are like really top of your mind? Mm, I like uh, I read a couple books by uh, Simon Sinek that I really liked. Um, he had one that was called Start with Why. Yeah, that I really liked that one. Um, many autobiographies, you know, Dan Gable. I love the George St. Pierre one. You know, I like reading a lot about like fighters and um, just their own personal experiences, you know, and, yeah. and I feel like there's, there's a lot that can be learned without having to, without even really having to be in those, not having to experience those experiences yet and not having to make the mistakes yet. I think yeah. you can learn a lot just from other people's experiences and that'll give you really good insight. So I really like, you know, that as well. And yeah, just learning how to self-help books and so, things that are good for the soul. Yeah, yeah. It it sounds like a a lot of the a lot of the reading you're doing is really proactively developing the mind as a or strengthening the mind. It's almost it's almost like it's almost like an extra level of of working out for the mind, right? Because you're you're just adding oh. you're just adding new new skill sets all the time. For sure, most definitely. Do you ever? Is there is there ever a time? Is there ever a time when you just kind of pull back and just like aside from the meditation, aside from the meditation, is there ever a time when you're not really working? And is there ever a time when you're not really working on yourself? How about that? Because meditation, I think you can make that a very easy argument. Meditation is all about working on yourself. I realized <laughs> I was saying that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think so. I think vacation maybe okay. but even vacation is kind of like you know for it's sure. therapeutic it's therapy for the soul so i mean if you're doing vacation right if you're doing vacation the right way yeah. yes exactly so i think maybe then as because i'm not necessarily i don't necessarily need the meditation you know life's good and you know and everything's happy and then you know and then it's a good reset and then you get you know vacation's over and then it's back to work so yeah i don't know so i know i don't really think that okay you know i'm usually <laughs> always i'm up training every day i'm up you know, doing what I got to do. The, did you say your next fight's in July? Uh, yep, it'll be end of July. Okay. Yeah. What, what, I, I don't know about it. What's, what's the next fight? Um, I don't really know the opponent yet either. Okay. Uh, I don't know much about him, but, um, yeah, just, I mean, just, it's, we still got a, uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit of time before, yeah. uh, things get down to the nitty gritty of the camp, but, you know, I'm just training, I'm always training and, uh, just staying ready and I'm just looking forward to, to get another one. My last one was in June. So it's been a little bit of a layoff. Yeah. You know, before that I was injured for all of 2016. It was just nag, you know, one thing after another that year. So, you know, I've only had one fight in the last two years 
you know, yeah. respectively. So I'm just looking forward to getting in there and uh, getting my win columns, you know, getting, getting the W's rolling back in. No doubt. It, physically, physically taking that time off or requiring that time off more or less. How, how's the body? Have, has it, has it been regenerative to the body? Yeah, very. Yeah. I'm, I'm better than ever, you know, and I just, I, you know, I'll be 29 this year and yeah. I feel like I'm in the prime, you yeah, know, I for just sure. feel strongest, fastest and most technical I've ever been, you know, it's just, uh, it's just been a frustrating, you know, it's just been a frustrating couple of couple past years yeah but i'm i'm just looking forward to getting back in there and showing everybody what's going on do you do any i'm yeah i think we're all excited to see that do you do anything um do you do anything for for tissue repair or anything that that really works on healing the body recovering on a on a consistent basis um you know i i used to have uh a physical uh sports massage guy that i go to every every Sunday or whatever, you know, and make sure I get my body right. But he actually moved, so I haven't had him in a while. But yeah. um, as far as, like, you know, getting the body right, I, you know, I stretch every day, roll yeah. out, you know. But even then, it doesn't quite cut cut it as far as, you know. Like, you really need someone, you know, digging in there, you know, getting it's that different. body. Yeah, it definitely, it's definitely helps to have, like, a, a good masseuse. Uh, was, was that in Arizona or was that somewhere else? Yeah, I was in Arizona. Okay, yeah. okay. What la- last couple questions I have for you, and they're and they're weird ones. If you could, um, if you could have any any superhero power, what would it be? Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> Probably just one power. Just one. Oh man, I think I would be super fit, like speed like the flash okay. yeah <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah that just seems to fit you too <laughs> what all right so if if uh if you had to fight one batman or spider-man batman i, I figured because he's a real person right like he's the real dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, just a, he's just a millionaire with a bunch of gadgets. yeah spider-man <laughs> wrap you up in a little cocoon and you can uh, <laughs> What about la, la, last last two? The uh, the biggest obstacle we have on our planet that's preventing peace. What is it? Ignorance. Mm. It's so true. It's so true, man. How do how do we fix that? Man, you know, a good a good dude told me once that uh, traveling traveling the world is the mm. cure for ignorance. And just being there and seeing it firsthand and realizing that we're truly all one. Yeah. And, you know, love is love and hate is hate. Yeah. No matter, you know, what, what side of the line you're on. Yeah. And um, I think just, yeah, I mean, it, it really just takes the world coming together, people coming together and just realizing that, you one know, community. It's, we're just one, one, one people, you know? Yeah, that's. <laughs> That is uh, that is spot on. I think traveling the world really the perspectives you gain from from being seeing things from from just a little bit different angle are amazingly impactful. Is there, is there anywhere that you've gone on vacation that you just really loved? Uh, Australia was pretty sweet. Uh, I've been I've been a couple places in Australia. Japan was really cool. The the culture and the people in Japan was probably the coolest I've ever been. Like as far as like. Uh, Towards martial artists, anyway. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like, it was it was like they treated us like uh, they looked at us like rock stars or like yeah. superheroes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And, uh, that was really that was really neat to see. And that's a really different experience in arena, right? Because they're really quiet while action is <laughs> taking place. Yeah, it was like a tennis match. Yeah. <laughs> it was really crazy. Like you, someone would land a good shot or like a takedown or something, and then it'd just be like, clap, 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 and then that was it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's such, a, it's such a just, it's so amazingly different. You just have to love it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Best experience ever as far as my career in fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, first one, first one in Japan is that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I know, couldn't pick that better if I, you know, couldn't couldn't redo that any better. No doubt. Sure. <laughs> Last question I have for you, man. Um, do you have any questions for me? And the answer can be no. Hmm. How many uh, do you, do you have any other professional athletes that like to come in and float? Any NFL? Any hockey? NBA? Any MLB? Any 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 other professional athletes that are that are open-minded to yeah it's um, it's interesting um we have we've had a we've had a few nfl players um we've had we've had quite a few guys in in different in different like olympic level wrestlers and we've uh, uh, it's it seems to be more prevalent in the combat sports world but nfl players are starting to get into it um never and a couple MLB guys. That's 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 about it. Where we where we really get into athletes. I feel like everybody could benefit from it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I I it's it's funny. I asked because that was actually the angle I was the angle I was getting at. I was wondering if because they they compete on team sports. I wonder if their psychological mm. isn't as intense to the point they they're not so stressed and maybe they're not so uh, in their own head all the time. You know. I bet you there. I bet you there's something. I bet you there's something to that. It's definitely a, a really different mindset, right? I mean, when you have ten other guys, eleven other guys, four other guys, whatever it is, you're you. There's a different spotlight level. It's divided by however many, and that yeah. that's really different. I mean, the intensity of what you do is is pretty. It's pretty unimaginable, and it's pretty un unmirable. I, I don't think anything else has the same intensity of what you do. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I think you should think about that. I think that's it. I'd, I'd love to know what else is out there that has that same intensity. Man, I never landed a rocket on the moon. I that's, bet that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But think of how many people were involved in landing a rocket on the moon. It wasn't just one guy. It wasn't just some some brilliant Johnny Case just with with an amazing ability to land rockets on the moon. That's true. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it so much. Enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. Thanks for coming on Becoming Legendary, man. My pleasure. Thank you for your time, Patrick. Have a good one. See ya.